The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Right, hold your Bible, lift it up real high, shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter. A doer, not just a hearer. Today, Nam Tlanje, Vandach, Nas Jair, I will learn from God's word and my life will never be the same again because faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Praise God. And so we're still talking about maximizing the grace of prosperity. And today is our last installment. Next week, we're going to be, you know, uh, starting a brand new series talking about the ministry gifts and, uh, you know, how we can take full advantage of them. Uh, but this is our last installment, and we've been at it for the last two months, maximizing the grace of prosperity. We discovered that prosperity is a grace, Second Corinthians 8, 9. For we know by the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though you was rich, yet for your sake you became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. And I was saying in the first service, really my heart is to see, you know, the church break forth in this revelation. I'm talking about seeing the full manifestation of the God kind of prosperity, especially uh, for us on the continent of Africa. You know, uh, uh, for us on the continent of Africa, uh, healing is children's bread, really, because the health system is broken, so you can't depend on that. Uh, you just have to learn how to lay hands on yourself and on your family members and your children uh, to live. And so healing comes naturally. And uh, we, we, we've seen demons, you know, flee, cast out. I mean, that, that's an everyday happening. The other day, you know, uh, uh, Sis Jabu called me and she said, it was after service, she said, Pastor, I need you. You know, you need to pray for someone. And uh, so I went to uh, pray for the person. And as I was laying hands on them, a demon, you know, started to manifest right after service over there. And, uh, she, you know, she's doing all the theatrics. I thought it was a kung fu demon, you know, <laughs> was, ah, you know, trying to threaten me. And so I said, you, you know, you foul spirit, Puma, in Jesus' name. You know, you treat it like a dog. That's how you cast demons out. You don't treat it nice. You don't do an interview. Who are you? Where did you come from? No, you don't do any of that. Just cast the thing out. And so, so we cast the thing out. And what was interesting, this, this is a learning uh, 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 thing for you. Uh, what was interesting was that when I finished casting and I knew it had left, she was still doing the, ooh, ooh, ah, trying to, and I said, you know what? It's gone. This is now just you. Chill out. And so we left. And uh, three months later, uh, she was set free. You know, she gave a testimony and she was completely set free uh, from all of that. But really, my heart is for us to break forth into this uh, a prosperity that Jesus, you know, uh, bought for us at the cross. Amen? Prosperity is not an add-on. Uh, it is something that Jesus accomplished for us at the cross. And uh, we're talking about prosperity in the physical, natural, materials realm. That's, you know, God wants us to prosper there so that we can be a blessing to other people. Amen? The, the goal of prosperity is so we can be a blessing uh, to the community, so we can be a blessing to our continent, uh, so we can 
uh, change things on the continent of Africa. And so uh, this is really my heart. And so we started off in Genesis chapter number 2 verse 1. We're going to go there quickly, and we, we're talking about how you and I can uh, maximize on this grace of prosperity, maximize on the grace of prosperity. Uh, the grace uh, is there. It's available. It is infinite. It is like a river flowing, and a and, and never-ending river that's flowing with all these resources, uh, but we have to learn how to not take a, a teaspoon to that river. We have to learn how to take, uh, uh, you know, we have to increase our capacity as we position ourselves uh, for this grace. There's a religious notion around uh, prosperity that's prevalent in the church. A lot of people uh, pray like this. They say, Lord, I don't want too much. I just want, you know, what's enough for me and my house. If I can pay for my mortgage and pay for my uh, car payment and pay for my cell phone and get some groceries for myself... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. And, and they don't add this extra part, but essentially that's what they're saying. They say, you know, if I, you can take care of this, I'm fine because right now I'm not even thinking about anybody else. I'm so selfish. I'm just thinking about, I'm adding that. They don't realize it's a part of the deal when you think about just, you know, yourself. Amen? So we have to think beyond uh, just ourselves uh, if we're going to maximize on this uh, grace of prosperity. And it says in verse 2 of uh, uh, Genesis chapter number 2, verse 1, it says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God ended his work. Someone say he ended his work. He says he ended his work, which he had made, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had made. So God stopped working on the seventh day. But if you go to 2 Corinthians chapter number 6, verse 1, it says, Then we, as workers together with him, beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. So which is which? Has God stopped working? Is it still uh, working as we see in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter number 6 verse 1? I want to submit to you, brothers and sisters, that uh, the Bible is talking about two different works. Uh, in Genesis, it's talking about the work of creation. And God has ended that work. He's not, you know, in the business of trying to create uh, the earth again. Uh, he ended that work and he's, he's been resting. But the uh, work that we can be co-workers with him in 2 Corinthians chapter number 6, verse 1, is the work of restoration. It is the work of reconciliation. God is bringing his family back to him and he does not want to do it alone. He wants to do it with you and I. Amen? Uh, God could have done it alone in, the, in some places where you can't find a human being. We've seen God go to the animal kingdom and, and use animals. He used a donkey to you know, preach to the prophet, but that's not God's perfect will. God's perfect will is to use human uh, uh, beings, you and I. It is to use people. God wants you and I to be co-workers with Him. He wants us to be co-laborers with Him. And one of the ways you can maximize on the grace of prosperity is to be a co-worker with God. It is to partner with what God is doing in the earth realm. You know, when you get your heartbeat to beat uh, to the same rhythm as God's heart, man, you have all of heaven's resources at your disposal. Amen. Amen. And so there's this notion that, you know, the prosperity we, we're talking about is for us to just consume. This is not what we're talking about. It's not, you know, for you to get another, you know, shinier suit or a diamond ring. No, it is for you uh, to be empowered to fulfill the assignment that God has given you 
without any lack. Amen. Amen. I said amen. amen. It is, this is why he has provided everything that pertains to life and godliness. Everything that is consistent with a godly living. Now watch this when it comes to your assignment. Now all of us in here are called for a specific assignment. And God has already preordained resources for you uh, to be able to run that race without any lack. And so the first thing you want to do is, you know, uh, uh, find out. Uh, what God is doing, and uh, uh, jump in on the action. And when you do, man, all of heaven's resources are at your disposal. You become a partner uh, with him. And so last week we talked about this in more detail. You can uh, go and check out the teaching uh, on uh, podcasts, where great podcasts are found. Anywhere where great podcasts are found. And uh, Amen. And, uh, and we also killed uh, a few sacred cows last week around prosperity. We talked about... Uh, the, the young rich ruler and how to go through the eye of a needle. And uh, we, we figured something out there, so you definitely want to check that out. And I mean, we killed a few sacred cows around this. Love, uh, money is not uh, the root of all evil. It's the love of money. Man, we were killing them. You could hear them mooing from the streets. Yeah. It was bad last Sunday. <laughs> and today we're looking at something else different. And uh, quickly, let's go to Malachi chapter number 3, uh, verse 10. Malachi chapter number 3, verse 10. Uh, he says here, we still, this is the finale, still talking about how you can maximize the grace of prosperity. We talked about how you can give and how you can take full advantage of the grace of prosperity through your giving. And uh, here's another you know, perspective. Malachi 3.10, he says, Bring all your tithes, the tenth, into the storehouse, so that there may be food in my house. And test me now in this, says the Lord. I don't want to measure in that, but I want to measure in this second part. He says, And see if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing so great until there is no more room to receive it. So this is God, you know, giving us a promise of this thing called the blessing, and He wants to pour so much of it that we, we, we can't even receive it. We won't have enough room uh, to receive it. And He says in verse 12, And all the nations shall call you happy and blessed, for you shall be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. And so the blessing that we see in Malachi 3 verse 10 is not, you know, money falling from the sky. The blessing that we see in Malachi chapter number uh, 3 verse 10 is an empowerment that comes from God, an empowerment for us to prosper again. Uh, God empowers us and prospers us in the thing that he has called us to do. You know, if you read Grace in the Marketplace, we quote a gentleman called uh, Bill Bright, and he split these different areas of influence into seven mountains of influence that, you know, he uh, 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 spells out education, uh, entertainment, that's an entertainment. And some church folk, they're so spiritual, they don't think entertainment, arts and entertainment is a real uh, area of influence. Wow. Now, I have two girls, uh, the other one is eight, the other one is five, and I bring them to church 52 weeks in a year. They have to be in church. Two services. But I'm not a fool to not realize that there's some real competition coming out of Disney. I checked with her. She knows more about Frozen than Esther in the Bible. <laughs> Amen? And so if we don't have Christians wake up and start to you know, realize that these are all different places we should get involved in 
I'm not talking about, you know, cheap budget movies. You know, you know usually church films, even the church folk don't want to watch them. <laughs> I'm talking about functioning in the blessing. And when we talk about the blessing, God empowers you through the anointing, right, for your assignment. But he also empowers you through creativity and innovation. God gives you creativity and innovation for the area of influence that he has called you. And when you start to open your heart for that, man, you start to maximize on that grace of uh, prosperity. Amen. So let's quickly go now to 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, verse 10. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, verse 10. This is what it says. It says, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. How many of you realize that it was the grace of God that made you who you are? You know, some of you are gifted in uh, administration. Some of you are creatives. Some of you are innovative. Some of you, you know, are called into the uh, media space. You know, some of you, the technology. Uh, you didn't make yourself that way. It is the grace of God that made you to be that. Amen? And so the Apostle Paul is acknowledging the fact that it was not his own ingenuity. It was the grace of God that God bestowed upon him that made him to be who he is. And when you find uh, this out, man, you start to get comfortable with who God made you to be. When you realize that God was intentional and that it wasn't a mistake, you start to get comfortable being you. In fact, you only really need it when you are yourself. You are only significant not uh, 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 through your similarities to another, but through your differences from another. You know, when we were starting out, man, I tried to be Jake's. It didn't work out. <laughs> Man, I'd have my own little towel and I'd hold the microphone. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Man, it didn't work. <laughs> so I went back to being Tafara. You know, and I like Tafara better. You know why? Because it's less work being you. You know? And, and so we see here that the Apostle Paul acknowledges uh, that God's grace is the one that made him to be uh, who he is. Amen. And he says, this grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. Which means this grace can be in vain when you're trying to be someone else. And you miss out on the blessing of being uh, yourself. But then he goes on to say something interesting. He said, I, you know, you took full advantage of this grace. He says, I, but I labored more abundantly than they owe. I never thought that I would come across a scripture in the Bible that talks about uh, working hard in the same sentence as grace. Because the way they taught it was, you know, grace is rest. You know, you must just rest. <laughs> Man, grace churches, they'll be resting. That's why most grace churches aren't going anywhere. You're like, man, what are you all doing over there? You've been at it for 14 years. What are you doing? I mean, it's like a clique, right? It's like a real nice clique. And uh, sometimes we get so uh, pharisaical. Is that a word? That's a good word. Yeah, grace police. I think that's a good word. For it. If it's not a word, is we can just make it a word. Yeah. I've got the mic. Yeah. We've we become so uh, parasitical about the, the. We feel like we have a, a franchise, a sole uh, uh, ownership to to grace that everybody else who's not a part of the clique, you know, they're lost. And I think it's a dangerous spirit. Amen. We need to be gracious. It's high time grace people be 
gracious and we, we, we be open to be kind and to reach out uh, to, to our community. And so the Apostle Paul says, I outworked or I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. So one of the ways you can take full advantage of this grace is to allow this grace to do the work through you. And that can only happen in your area of calling and in your area of assignment. So spend some time. You know, uh, Mimi preached such a powerful word yesterday. You remember the ladies? Uh, there was the group that was clapping, which means just, you know, just going at it, right? And then the special group was told to rub their hands. You know, the, the special people, they were... <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So she called me up. And I got to rub my hands. <laughs> and everyone else got a rebuke <laughs> for clapping. <laughs> and so, the, the, the people who were clapping, uh, she said, man, they're just going at it. And, but before you go at it, just, you know, wait. Rub your hands first. Get them hot. That's what she said. She didn't say hot. Hot. <laughs> get them hot. And then when you get them hot, you release the power. And so what we're talking about this morning is not to just run, because if you run without the grace fuel, the octane for your assignment, man, you're going to get tired. You're going to burn out. But if you spend some time, ask the Holy Spirit, uh, what would you have me do? And when he shows it to you, then you start running using the grace fuel. So spend some time, you know, rubbing your hands before you start uh, clapping. And when you do that, just like the Apostle Paul is saying, listen to what he says in the New Living Translation. He says, but whatever I am now, it is because God poured his uh, special favor on me. And it is not without results. For I have worked harder than any of the other apostles. Yet it was not I, but God, who was working through me by His grace. See, when you start working uh, through this grace, when you start working this way, God gets to do the heavy lifting for you. Amen? But you can do more. And this is an expression of excellence that we ought to have uh, in the marketplace and the things that, you know, God has called us to be. I was saying in the first service that the, the Hebrew word for work is actually the same word uh, translated worship. And so when God looks from heaven, you know, the segment of the service which we call uh, praise and worship, that's not where worship ends from God's perspective. From God's perspective, uh, worship continues even through your work. You know, uh, in fact, there's more worship uh, between Monday through Friday than there is on Sunday morning, two hours. Amen? Uh, you know, before someone, and Christians do this a lot, before someone told me the truth that I couldn't sing, I was in the choir. And, uh, and they would let me even lead songs. I mean, it was pitiful. And then one of my best friends came and told me, he said, you know, we'll pay you not to come for practice anymore. And then I realized, you know what, I needed to stop. But, but something interesting happened. As he said that to me, you know, I got into my car and I was, you know, thinking, man, they should have told me earlier. And, and I was thinking, man, does it mean that I won't be able to worship? And, and God told me, he said, Tavara, I want you to write a book. And I said, what, what, Lord? And he said, I want you to call it, I can't sing, but I'm a worshiper. And I said, that's awesome. Because we never look at it from that perspective. Worship is more than a song. Amen? It, it, it actually goes into our work. What you do uh, between Monday through Friday, this is why Colossians, the Apostle Paul says in Colossians 3.23, he says, when you work, which is worship, when you worship, when you work, do it as unto the Lord. 
And if you are going to do it as unto the Lord, as a form of worship, you're not going to be clock watching. Or just a few amens over there. You, you, you're not going to, uh, you know, cheat on uh, company time and uh, take, you know, a personal. And Christians always try to sprinkle God over it. I'm, I, I was counseling someone. You can't do that on, on, on company, you know, time. You, you, should, you should look at it as worship. You can't be uh, moon, shadow moon, moonlighting. Yeah, I knew no one was going to say amen. Moonlighting is simply trying to run your own parallel business, doing the same thing that, for the company that you work for. It's called stealing. So essentially, you know what? This is, the, this is the last installment of the series. Let me just say it all. Visitors, you can come back next week. It's going to be nicer. I promise you. It's called stealing, and Christians do that. You know, you, and you want to come and give a testimony? We're talking about worship, right? When you work, uh, uh, do it as if you're working for God. Do it as if it's worship. And bring some excellence to it. I found, I bumped into this article. It's called The Jewish Theory for Wealth Creation. And uh, he, this gentleman highlighted the five uh, biblical, they don't call it the Bible, uh, biblical foundations for wealth creation from a Jewish perspective. And the article was called Judaism and Markets and Capitalism, uh, written by Connie and uh, Robert Sewer. And this is what they say. They say the five foundations uh, for wealth creation from a Jewish perspective are number one, uh, participation in the creative process. We have to realize that our God is the most creative being there is. And if we're going to be productive, if we're going to be efficient and effective in the marketplace, we have to take full advantage of this creativity that is at our disposal. Amen? We can't just do things uh, for the sake of doing them. We have to uh, apply this creative ability that God has given us. And we'll show you uh, through Scripture uh, in a moment uh, where you can find those verses. The second thing they believe uh, is a foundation is the protection of private property. Why? Because stewardship is practiced in ownership. God blesses you with things to own so that you can be a steward and, f- and be faithful. So when God gives us things, uh, you know, he's just putting us as owners in the earth, but ultimately those things belong to God. And we need to practice stewardship with the things that God blesses us with. You know, the house that you live in, uh, are you practicing steward, uh, stewardship? Well, bastard, it's my house. I do what I want with it. No, it's not. It's God's house. You better look after it. And it's a form of worship when you take care of that house. Amen. I'm, I'm obsessed. I'm probably obsessive when it comes to fixing things around the house. I don't want to see things broken. Now, I don't want to, you know, get to the house and the swimming pool is green, you know, algae everywhere, the grass is to your waistline, the mosquitoes are biting everyone because of that grass and it's just a mess. I don't like doing that. You know why? Because it's a reflection of my stewardship with something that God has entrusted me with. Amen? And so this is a foundation uh, from a, a Jewish perspective. And the third one is they believe the accumulation of wealth uh, is a virtue. The Jewish mindset uh, sees being able to steward and manage wealth as being holy in the earth. And work is considered the same as worship. 
So we have to have excellence in everything that we do. So from a Jewish perspective, you know, being holy uh, doesn't end with, you know, wearing a long dress that touches your ankles, no makeup. What are you doing? I'm being holy. Hallelujah. It doesn't end with that. It may start there, but, you know, to them, when you accumulate wealth and you use it to be a blessing to other people, they look at it as being holy in the earth. And the fourth one is uh, caring for the needy. You know, not that stuff we do on a Saturday uh, kitchen soup. No, they're talking about really caring for the needy. Uh, discipleship, there's a group that's here from uh, Dr. Pat Bailey. I mean, they, they, they're building houses in uh, Delmas. Uh, they, they, build, they bought two houses in four ways, right? You guys want to put your hands up, those with Dr. Pat? About three of them. They bought houses. Yeah, yeah, if you're going to clap, clap. <laughs> Praise God. They, they bought houses. In four ways, where they're going to be bringing uh, people out for uh, real discipleship experiences. They built uh, houses, plenty of houses in Delmas, uh, Breeds somewhere, and they, they're bringing in uh, people that are, were previously hooked on uh, Nyaopi, and they're bringing people who were previously uh, raped and abused and uh, you know, treated uh, like trash in, in the society, and they're bringing them in there, uh, they're discipling them, they're preaching the gospel, staying with them, developing them. It's not just a, you know, weekend thrill to try and uh, uh, feel good about themselves. This is a real commitment. Yeah. Amen? And so if we're going to look at caring for the needy, we're going to need some big bucks to do it. Not just, uh, you know, I, I don't have a problem with kitchen soup, but I was talking to one of the brothers from those neighborhoods, and he said, oh, Pastor T, it's not a problem. We've figured it out. We, we've figured it out. They come with their food. We just do whatever they want us to do, and we've learned how to cooperate so we can get food. So it's not real discipleship. Amen? Real discipleship, man, you've got to get with the people. And you do that through caring for the needy. And they also believe in limited government, which means, you know, the government is here to serve civil servants, not, you know, civil bosses. Anyway, we'll move right along very fast. And then, uh, so how do we apply ourselves in innovation and excellence? How do we take full advantage of this grace uh, of prosperity uh, through uh, uh, innovation and uh, excellence and creativity? Go with me to John 16 verse 13. John 16, verse 13. John chapter number 16, uh, verse 13. This is what it says. Uh, it says, when, how be it when the spirit of truth is come, talking about the Holy Spirit, right? He says, how be it when the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into how many? All truth, for ye shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever ye shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Did you see that? He's talking about the Holy Spirit, and he says the Holy Spirit, uh, one of the things he's going to do is he's going to show you things to come. Now, you say that to an average religious person, hey, the Holy Spirit will show you things to come. Praise God. Pastor T, he will. He'll show us things to come with regards to the Antichrist, you know, the 666. And the end of the world. That's how they are inclined to think. But how many of you know that the Holy Spirit is more strategic than that? He can show you things to come with regards to your assignment. Amen? 
God hasn't called us to, you know, be, live a life of copy and paste. He hasn't called us to a ministry of copy and paste. He has called us to cut a new path. And if we are going to cut a new path, we have to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. We're talking about maximizing that grace of prosperity. We have to be in tune with the Holy Spirit and allow Him to show us things to come. Amen. You know, Scripture says you are the head and not the tail. That's not a religious statement. That's a marketplace declaration. Amen? I'm the head and not the tail. I will lead and not follow. I'll be innovative. I'll be creative through the help of the Holy Spirit. I'll allow him. A lot of church folk genuinely don't believe, and it's through their ignorance. They just don't believe that the Holy Spirit can work a spreadsheet. They think, oh man, he's the ancient of days with Abraham, Father Abraham. And Moses, yeah, he can spot the Red Sea. But I don't think he can write a code. A lot of people don't think the Holy Spirit can write a code. They don't think, they don't realize he's the one who created the thing they're working on. Amen? Amen? How many of you realize that God wasn't surprised when we finally discovered how to fly? It's not like God was sitting in heaven thinking, oh, wow, look at that. No, when we finally discovered, God was thinking, man, come on. You should have been moving faster than that. You need to keep up. Amen. Amen. I mean, the the children of Israel could have discovered flying. And then they wouldn't have to, you know, go through the 40 days and 40 nights in in the wilderness. Amen. God wasn't surprised when we discovered the internet. Daniel could have sent an email to Nebuchadnezzar. And say, we are not bowing. (laughs) Kind regards. (laughs) Daniel. (laughs) And and see, see, watch this. It wouldn't have changed the narrative. It wouldn't have changed the story of Jesus coming to redeem mankind. And so when we open our hearts to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, show me how to do my job better. Man, you're you on your way somewhere. Amen? When you say, Holy Spirit, show me how to leverage this market. Man, he'll show you. Show me how to get more customers. He'll show you. Amen. The thing is, we are quick to clap. But we need to sit and meditate and ask him to speak to us. Amen? amen. I said, amen. Go with me to Isaiah 45. We're going to wrap it up uh, in the next uh, 10 minutes. And it's flying. It's flying. It's like it's on uh, fast forward. All right, let me read fast. Isaiah 45, verse 1. Uh, this is the Lord speaking to uh, King Cyrus. He was a, a secular king. And, uh, he, you know, the Lord did an assignment for him. And the assignment was to uh, go and uh, take down Babylon. And so this is what the Lord said to uh, uh, Cyrus. Thus says the Lord uh, to his anointed, uh, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have held, to subdue the nations before him and to loose the armor of kings and to open before him the double doors so that the gates will not be shut. So there is a grace that the Lord is releasing on Cyrus and he's a secular king. Now here's what's cool is that every time you see God release something on someone's life as a new covenant believer, if you like it, you can claim it and receive it. Because God is not a respecter of persons. In other words, he does not show favoritism. Now if it did it, For a secular king, he will certainly do it for his children. 
Amen? And so, uh, he said in verse 2, I will go before you and make the crooked parts straight. I will break in pieces the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron. I will give you the treasures of darkness. He's talking about, man, when you're getting ready to launch your business and you don't know where the capital is going to come from, he calls it the treasures of darkness, the hidden riches of sin. Man, man stop worrying. There is a grace for your capital for your business. Amen? The Bible calls it treasures of darkness and hidden reaches of secret places. He says, I'm going to do this for you so that you may know that I, the Lord, who called you by name, am the God of Israel. And if you continue reading, he says it's for the sake uh, of uh, Jacob, my elect, and for the sake of uh, uh, Israel, you know, my people, my nation. And so ultimately, all of this is for the purposes of reaching more people with the gospel. It's not so we can consume upon every lustful desire. God will take care of you, but it's for us to be able to uh, finance the gospel, be able to preach the gospel, be able to leave uh, a legacy. My, my father-in-law has a sign-out statement that changed my life on his email. He says this. He says we, we, we need to position ourselves to leave this place better than we found it. Yeah. And the, what better way than to infuse this place with the gospel? Yeah. Amen. And so, uh, if you read here in verse 2, uh, you know, the Lord said to Cyrus, uh, I will go before you and make the crooked path straight. So, here's what a crooked path uh, looks like. You know, the, the, the one in the first service wasn't really crooked, so they didn't get the real deal. <laughs> you know, it was like, it was not crooked. Here's what a crooked path looked like. I just got that from the Holy Ghost, so that was me. I probably wasn't paying attention in the first service, right? <laughs> it was already there. And so this is what the Lord is saying. I'm going to turn this into this. So things that should have taken you 37 years will take you one week. Amen? And so uh, the, the, the shortest distance between any two points, what is it? I call it innovation. Make sure you put my name when you tweet this. And try to act like you're the one who came up with it. The shortest distance between any two points is innovation. End of quote, Tafara Butai. Try to act like you're the one who came up with it. I'll charge you for royalties, okay? Anyway, the shortest distance between any two points is uh, what does this have to do with the story that we're talking about? Everything. So the Lord uh, saw that Cyrus had an assignment before him, and it was to go and conquer Babylon. And at the time, Babylon looked like this. I mean, they had all the innovation. From Cyrus' perspective, Babylon looked like they had everything going for them. He's looking there. He's seeing all the irrigation. They are the ones who invented you know, free trade as we know it. So he's standing outside. He's looking at it, and he's thinking, how can you top that? And then when the Lord looked from heaven at Babylon, he didn't see this. He saw this. And so the Lord is saying to Cyrus, what you think is a straight path, from my perspective, is just a crooked path. I'm going to give you better. Amen. And so that's a promise for innovation. Amen. Amen? And so many, many years ago in the 1900s, uh, the straight path between Cape Town and Johannesburg was three weeks. 
on an animal drawn cart. And if your donkey is probably six weeks, and then they had some innovation, put cows in there, probably went down to five weeks. Then when they discovered, you know, you can put horses, it went down to three weeks. And so they were fascinated. I mean, they're getting excited, man. We, we, we're swimming in innovation. Ooh. And God was looking at three weeks thinking, man, that's a long time. And so God released something, and Henry Ford tapped into it, and he was a believer, by the way. He tapped into it, and uh, it was a four-stroke engine car, and he moved the three weeks to 18 hours. And we were all impressed. But the Lord was still looking at 18 hours thinking, man, man, you people are slow. And then the Wright brothers decided, you know what, we can fly. And the 18 hours became two hours. And so now we are all fascinated at two hours. And God is sitting in heaven thinking. And here's the thing is that some of you, think, some of you don't think there's anything better than two hours. You're sitting there thinking, no, pastor, I think you're taking this too far. <laughs> But here's the truth, is that it's still too long. And so in your business, there may be things that you have done and you have upgraded to this. But I want to invite you to keep this perspective. That there's always something better. There's always a better way to do things. So when you open up your heart to the Holy Spirit, you will move your business from this to this. Let's, let's look at Genesis. Let's wrap it up in Genesis. This is going to be fun. Let's wrap it up in Genesis chapter number 29, 1 to 15 in the Message Bible. And Jacob, you remember Jacob? Uh, you took his, uh, the blessing from Esau, and we talked about immediate gratification last week. It's, it can slow down your, your, your experience of the prosperity of grace. We talked about debt. You need a, a get-out-of-debt plan. Uh, we talked about all those things last week. Uh, we talked about you know, credit cards. It's not real money. It's not your money. Uh, don't, 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 don't use that money. Amen? We talked about all those things. Don't get into debt to try and buy clothes. Listen, if you can't afford clothes, someone will give you clothes. Amen. God will make sure it's taken care of. Don't try to get into uh, debt to, you know, to keep up with the dubes, Amen. the Joneses. Amen? And so uh, Esau, and here's what a lot of people don't get. You know, I'm, I'm, it's a little uh, rabbit trail. A lot of people think Esau, the reason he traded the blessing for a bowl of soup was because the next meal was coming in two weeks. No, the next meal was coming in at, at most 30 minutes. Because his father Isaac was a rich guy with so many servants. They would have a buffet prepared every... The man couldn't wait 30 seconds. And he traded the blessing... That's the immediate gratification. It's a terrible spirit. And today in 2021, they have this thing called uh, psychological obsolescence. They, they will just make your car uh, uh, obsolete, obsolete, obsolete. They'll make your car obsolete in, in one year. And, and, you know, it's the same car. They'll just change the lights and put a V on the lights. And say, ah, yours is 2018. But the new one, 2021. But we want you to take a loan. For 500000 and we're going to charge you 30% uh, interest. 
compounded. Yeah. So you can look good. So you can show off to people. Now watch this. You're showing off to people who aren't paying any attention. Because if I ask you what Pastor T drives, no one knows. Mostly no one cares. Okay, let me move right along. And so Esau was the bad guy. Jacob was a good guy. He took the blessing and he went to work the blessing. Because the blessing is not going to work by itself. Amen? Now watch what happened. Jacob set out again on his journey to the people of the east. He noticed the well out in the open uh, with three flocks of sheep. Uh, bedded down around it. The reason, you know, it, it uh, mentions the well is it's a point of community. Every time you see a well, it means there's a community around there. Uh, this was a common well from which the flocks were watered. That's where the flocks drank, right? And the stone was over the mouth of the well. The stone over the mouth of the well was huge. When all the flocks were gathered, the shepherds would roll the stone from the well and water the sheep. Then they would return the stone covering the well so that no one poisons, you know, the well. And Jacob said to them, hello, friends, where are you from? They said, we are from Haran. And Jacob said, do you know uh, Laban, son of Nehar? They said, we do. And things well with him. Jacob continued, very well, they said. And here is his daughter, Rachel, coming with the flock. And Jacob said, there's still a lot of daylight. Wait, there's a lot of daylight still left. It isn't time to round up the sheep yet, is it? So why not water the flocks and go back to grazing? So essentially what Jacob was saying is, why can't we get the sheep to drink right now, go back to grazing? In other words, why can we not double productivity for this business? That was his proposition. Let's increase productivity. Let's increase the bottom line for this business. And listen to how they answered him. They said, we can't. Man, don't hang around people from the We Can't Ministries International. <laughs> we can't. And sometimes it's your subordinates. You try and say, guys, let's do things different. You know the first thing they're going to say? We, in fact, I found this to be a problem in most boardrooms and in most meetings at companies. I think people think that it's smart to think about problems while someone is still at the brainstorming you know, stage. I mean, people will sit there and say, um, have you thought about, and they look smart while asking, well, we're going to think about that next week. Right now, we're still thinking ideas. And so they said, we can't. Can't do it. Not until all the shepherds get here. It takes all of us. Someone say all of them. <laughs> that, was, that was the way they did things. It takes all of us. To roll the stone from the well, not until then can we water the flocks. While Jacob was in conversation with them, Rachel came up with the father's sheep. She was the shepherd. I like that. You know, uh, uh, I like the fact that Laban, you know, made his children work. That's how you teach them how to be good stewards of stuff. My kids know you don't, you know, try to ask uh, uh, our help. You know, I tell them, you know, the person that's, you know, uh, helping in this house is not your help. It's, it's my wife and I's help. You help you. So when they finish eating, they take their own plates to the sink. They clean after themselves. That's just how it works. <laughs> I'm just waiting for them to get a little taller. They'll start washing dishes. That's, that's just how things work. That's how you train them people in stewardship. Now, Laban was rich, but he still made sure that Rachel went to work. 
Okay, all right. That didn't go over so well. And it and, uh, says she was a shepherd. The moment, someone say the moment. The moment. The moment Jacob spotted Rachel, daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, saw her arriving with his uncle Laban's sheep. He went and single-handedly, someone say single-handedly. He went and single-handedly rolled the stone from the mouth of the well and watered the sheep of his uncle Laban. Now, when I preach, preach this, I tell people, that was the anointing. That was the grace on his life. And then the carnal group thinks it was the girl. It wasn't the girl. Okay, anybody for the girl? Mess up my preaching. And those for the anointing. Hallelujah. But we can't fault the fact that he had great initiative. He wasn't caught up in the routine. And so if you're going to maximize the grace of prosperity for what God has called you to do, you may be in a routine job, but allow the Holy Spirit to show you how to develop that and take it to the next level. Don't get caught up in the routine. Amen? And this is why I really, really, really like uh, uh, Jacob. Now watch what he says. Uh, it says, then he kissed Rachel and broke into tears. And he uh, told Rachel that he was related to her father and that he was Rebekah's son. And he ra she ran and told her father. When Laban heard the news, uh, Jacob, his sister's son, he ran out to meet him, embraced and kissed him and brought him home. And Jacob told Laban the story of everything that had happened. He said, man, I went there and I saw these people and they said they wouldn't roll the stone and I single-handedly rolled the stone. And, you know, I think we can double productivity in this business. I think we can do things differently. This is the story that he told Laban. Now watch what Laban said. This is what will happen to you when you uh, uh, become this kind of a person with great initiative. You allow the creativity of God to flow through you. Man, when you go to, 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 to work, man, you realize it's worship. You do it as unto the Lord. You, especially now that people are working from home, man, you know, you, you have to get ready on time and not going to meetings sloppy in, in pajamas and, you know, just, you know, just ticking the box and clock watching and, you know, just work. When, no, you, you, when you apply yourself uh, that way, this is what begins to happen to you through the grace of God. This is what begins to happen to you. Uh, when Laban, uh, where, where am I? Okay, this is what Laban told, uh, Jacob told Laban the story of everything that had happened. Laban said, your family, my flesh and blood. When Jacob had been with him for a month, Laban said, just because you're my nephew, you shouldn't work for me for nothing. Tell me what you want to be paid. What's a fair wage? Now, you can't say that statement if you're not pulling the weight. And here's the good news. You can pull the weight because God has put a grace on you to pull the weight. And when you start pulling the weight, man, you don't even have to bring up the issue about your salary increases. Your boss will bring it up. You allow the grace. You start maximizing on that grace. You start working and as if it's worship. Man, if you were working and worshiping God, you wouldn't feel that time with complaining. You wouldn't feel that time with, uh, you know, uh, stealing company stuff. Man, you wouldn't do any of that. You will... Pour your entire heart out. And when you do that, man, this initiative, every single child of God 
should be getting promoted at least once a year. You start, work, you start to allow the grace of God to flow in your life this way. Man, I'm telling you, you start to do meal. Because later on, if you read in Genesis 30, 25 to 34, we're not going to go there. I mean, uh, 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 Jacob went to Laban. He said, man, I'm done. I need to go and uh, start my own business. And Laban said, no, I can't let you go. Name your wages. And he said, this is what I want. I want the spotted and the sprinkled. And the Lord had dropped that idea in him. And all of a sudden, because of the anointing, they started to grow and multiply. And because of that, he became a great and mighty man. But it was through the grace that's available for all of us. Amen. Well, did that bless you? Why don't you stand on your feet? Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We're going to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you. Lord, we just thank you for every single person under the sound of my voice. Lord, we want to just thank you for the assignments that you have called them to. Lord, we thank you for we know uh, they are not here by accident, but you called them for such a time as this. Lord, I thank you for your special favor, your grace for every single one of your children under the sound of my voice and those watching uh, online. Lord, I thank you for those you have called to be business people in the marketplace. We pray right now uh, for a grace uh, that brings strength, a grace that brings a refreshment uh, that they will not be burnt out with the very thing that you have given to be a blessing to them. Uh, Lord, we thank you for those who are uh, believing for uh, an increase in uh, uh, working capital and increase in the bottom line. Father, we thank you uh, that you're opening their eyes uh, to see how they can diversify. You're opening their eyes to see how they can uh, get more customers, how they can bring uh, more shareholders on board. Lord, we just thank you uh, that you're opening their eyes for them to see how they can grow because we know your spirit of growth and acceleration is alive in the earth right now and today. Lord, we just thank you for those who are in, uh, in employment, those who are on a career path. Lord, I just thank you for creativity and innovation. I thank you for a spirit of excellence. I thank you, Lord, just like Daniel. They're going to be 10 times better than the world. Lord, I thank you that they're going to execute 10 times better than the unbelievers. We pray a spirit of excellence over them in the name of that is above every other name. Amen. That is the name of Jesus. Amen. Lord, we just thank you this morning. We release a spirit of creativity and innovation. A grace for creativity and innovation. Even in this ministry, we release a grace for creativity and innovation in the way we do things. Lord, we thank you that in this season, we will walk the path that you have made straight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, that doors are opening that no man can close. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that those uh, who have submitted uh, applications for jobs, they're going to get a favorable response. Not just that they got the job, but that just like Jacob, uh, they're going to get a, 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 a figure, a payment that will blow their mind. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for your favor. Lord, we thank you. For Psalm 5 verse 12, which says you surround the righteous 
with your favor like a shield. And so, Lord, we just thank you that as we go out from this place, your special favor, your special favor will go with us. It will be evident in our lives that when they look and see, they will say, this is the Lord's doing. And it is marvelous. It is marvelous in our eyes. Thank you, Lord. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. And someone said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Man, I'm telling you, we're entering into an interesting season. You're not just going to be known uh, for your religious things at work. You're going to be known for excellence. You're going to be known for productive. You're going to be known for meeting targets <laughs> before the end of the month. Thank you, Jesus. Man, they're just going to know that you get the you get the best customers, not the troublesome, non-paying, crazy. No, the people that I think I was talking to Sipo, he called me. He said, Pastor, you were right. We did a grace in the marketplace. We were praying and prophesying the same thing. He received it. He said, I received that. He went to work. On the third day, was it on the third day of the month? He got his targets met and he's sitting in the office thinking, Man, what am I going to do in my time? I could go home right now. I met the target. Amen. And that grace is available for all of us today. Man, believe it. And receive it. And you begin to see it. Listen, we're not talking a few hundred thousands. We're talking billions. Oh yeah, just a few amens. Everybody else intimidated, but you know. I said, we're talking billions. For the church of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's coming into the hands of people who are strategic enough to understand that we have a nation to disciple, to understand that we have a continent to change. Amen? But some of you, God is going to give you crazy, radical ideas to buy media houses. And, 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 and some of you, some of you are going to think it's not godly. See, because you don't, I'd rather use that money to buy pews. And God is thinking, you know what? To buy, you know, chairs in the church, you know. I'm gonna, you, God is thinking, man, I need someone more strategic. Because he wants us to be back in the airwaves and also put our voice in the airwaves. Amen? I said amen. Some of you, God, those billions, God is going to use you to sponsor. Now, this one is going to rock your boat. God is going to use you to sponsor his favorite candidate for our nation. And some of you are going to think, well, it's not godly to, you know, buy t-shirts for a campaign. Until the nation is completely ungodly. Well, you and I won't be here, but we're going to leave a legacy for our children. Amen. Some of you, God is going to tell you to buy companies that we're going under so that you can save thousands of jobs for those parents. That are in that. And so, as you listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, don't just pay attention for the religious stuff. That's the problem we've had for centuries. Amen. I said, Amen. This is why we've turned over 
the Ivy League schools, they were all started as uh, mission schools. And we turned them over to the unbelievers, and now they're liberal because we retreated into the four walls to buy pews. Because we thought Harvard, who needs Harvard? It's not. Man, we need to think different. Amen? And so when you say billions, don't think Bugatti. Think Holy Ghost. Show me what do, what do we need to do to leave a godly legacy for our children in this nation of South Africa. Amen? I said amen. We're going to leave a godly legacy for this continent of Africa. It is the Christians that are going to be known for owning the big businesses and treating people fairly and paying them what's right. And not abusing them like we're seeing in some other parts of the continent. Amen? It takes a heart filled with the gospel to be on assignment for the Lord. And God is calling you guys to be on that assignment. Did that bless you? Man, we're going to wrap it up. Father, we thank you and we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. We love you. God bless you. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We walk by faith and not by sight. Man, love you. an amazing word, man. That was awesome. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today. That's who cool.